Hey. Hey, you. Did you know that Toy Story's Woody was originally going to be a ventriloquist dummy? Did you know that Jimmy Stewart originally didn't want to star in It's a Wonderful Life as he had just returned from a 15-month tour during World War II? Did you know that we have a Patreon? <laughs> well, check it out. You can find it in the links inside the episode descriptions or at our official website. It's a great way to support the show and even get yourselves shouted out at the end of every month. It really helps us out, and we are eternally grateful to each and every one of you that supports us. But for now, honestly, I really hope you just enjoy this episode. And so the black spot in middle school, me and my best friend used to hand this thing out as like social homicide. Oh my God. We were like little middle school bullies, yeah, right? You were. And we were like, no, we definitely were. Like we were, it's not cute. Like that's a conversation for a different day. But we were. <laughs> yeah. We were not nice. Um I know that it's not a Michael Bay movie, but they lost me. Like that franchise lost yeah. my like. I'm just like no. And I loved the first movie. I was obsessed with it. Yeah, so was I. 2007 was an awesome year. Yeah, it was. It really was. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that shitty franchise. We're here to talk about <laughs> great franchise, The Muppets, my <laughs> greatest oh, my love. I love Muppet <laughs> Treasure Island so much. Like this yeah. movie. It's absolutely a pillar of my personality. Oh, yeah. Up. Yeah, absolutely. I quote stuff from this all the fucking time. Like if somebody asked, okay, I, this is another thing I started, we fucking said back in the day when we first started this was my favorite joke in any Muppet movie of all time is from this movie. And even I know it's coming. I know where it is. I know exactly when it's about to happen. And I still laugh my ass off every time. And Which I is find, it? I've, yeah, I finally get to tell you what it is. Because you've never so, told me, right? You keep not telling me. Yeah, so right after Mr. Arrow is thrown overboard, Gonzo and Rizzo are sitting in a barrel eating apples. And you just hear Gonzo go, it just feels so weird. And Rizzo's like, you mean that Mr. Arrow's dead? And Gonzo, like, dude, if as dead ass as a puppet could be, goes, yeah, that. And my pants are filled with starfish. <laughs> that would be your favorite joke of the movie. And for, dude, because it caught me off guard so fucking hard the first time I heard it. But Rizzo's just like, dude, you and your hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll give you that. The, the line from Rizzo is. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I love that. There's so many like good like one-liners in this. It's fucking hilarious, dude. Oh, straight through a brick wall. Oh, my God. I am in such pain. <laughs> Gonzo's into some weird shit. Yeah, he is. And I love him. Yeah. And I just <laughs> <laughs> I like can't even pick a favorite joke from this. It's like as I just die as it. I although I I do think my favorite thing in this might be just margaritas at the midnight buffet. Oh yeah. And margaritas at the midnight buffet. 
there's alcohol all over this movie too. But then when they, it's like the line, it's like when they say it after that though, it's like the rats sing it in the sort of falsetto, right? And then it goes out to all the pirates and they go, margaritas at the midnight buffet. And I'm just like, oh my God, like that second line where it, where it clips to the pirates singing that is just like, that's is there too part much of it too? I can't handle that. Like, the- Dude, I, it's just so great. Go ahead. Take, take us into the movie, Scott. Yeah. so obviously this is muppet treasure island based off the novel treasure island by robert louis stevenson screenplay written by jerry jewell kirk r thatcher and james v hart this was directed by brian henson which if memory serves is the second movie that brian worked on after his father's death christmas carol in 1992 being the first um uh it was also directed by david lane now here's the best part about this entire movie is who's in it Hell yeah. Yeah. One of the best things about Muppet movies in the 90s is that the Muppets themselves are themselves. So, like, when it rolls through the credits, it's like Miss Piggy as Benjamin Gunn. It's not like so-and-so performing Miss Piggy who's playing Benjamin Gunn or whatever. Right. Those people don't get credited in the opening No, they credits. don't. They do at the end. Yeah. But, like, in the opening credits, it's just like Kermit the Frog as himself. And it's like, yeah. fuck yeah, he is, dude. Um, but no, this is, oh, God damn it, dude. There are so many great people in this movie. Tim Curry as Long John Silver, Billy Connolly as Billy Bones, Kevin Bishop as Jim Hawkins. We'll get into that later. Um, and for those of you who are uh, fans of Shrek 2, Jennifer Saunders plays Mrs. Blubridge. Jennifer Saunders is the evil fairy godmother in the second one. Oh, right, right, right. And sings arguably the greatest rendition of I Need a Hero. Um, but yeah, also starring Kermit the Frog as Captain Smollett, Miss Piggy as Benjamin Gunn, and Rizzo and Gonzo <laughs> literally as themselves. Which <laughs> they're just here. They're not playing anybody, like they're not adapting a character from yeah. Treasure Island. They just are here. No, they're not. And actually, I just read this earlier. It's it's in the thing, but Polly <laughs> the lobster was supposed to be named Stevenson, and he was supposed to do what Gonzo and Rizzo did in Christmas Carol for this mm-hmm. movie. He was supposed to say like where it differed from the novel and keep us on track with the story. Like be but, the author narrator. Yeah, exactly. And eventually Brian Henson was like, we don't need that. Let's just tell the fucking story like on screen. Yeah. So, it works <laughs> in this one. Whereas in Christmas Carol, like it, it really works to have the narrator and have him there as Dickens yeah. and have like, doing the narration because that's kind of how Christmas Carol's told. And with Treasure Island, you just you just don't need all that. They made a good no, call. You just watch it. Yeah. They definitely like made the right choice. But speaking of right choices, it was right for me not to fill the plot out so that you could fill this out. Can you read this for me, please? I was excited to do a plot summary on my <laughs> my my exciting return, which I guess we should acknowledge. I guess we kind of glazed over that piece, which yeah. is like why are you thank, here? Where that, have yeah, you been? Where have yeah? Thanks everyone for your patience. Uh, well, we do we just like forget that this is like that it's been like a month, but then we just dive right into it. Thanks for everybody for for hanging tight during my absence while I was moving. I'm settled down uh, in Boston now, so I'm back. And thanks to Scott for holding it down while I was gone. Uh, and we have some cool episodes that came out while I was away. The Jumanji episode was a joy for me to listen to, not having been on it. You or watch the moron. movie. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fucking idiots. <laughs> Massachusetts and New England are not one and the same. <laughs> no, I, we, yeah, we. I fucking swear to God. 
but uh, but no, I am I am back, and I was glad to write a plot summary for my triumphant return to being back regularly on the podcast, where we're actually going to have shit together now more than we have so far this year. Like we had like yeah. a slow start to the year, and as a like again, things that should have been at the very top of the episode, uh, we did have a couple episodes post to YouTube, and then the, it just became like a time consuming thing. I just wasn't able to figure out, and we'll see. Hopefully. Maybe, maybe we're just going to have some of the audio getting posted up onto YouTube. Like, we'll see, because I'd like to be on that platform, but uh, things have been a little cray. So anyway, yeah. that's the update on what's happening with the podcast in a random place in the podcast. Um, like, share, and subscribe. <laughs> um, but, for, but for real, like, share, and subscribe. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> after a rounding rendition a rousing rendition of a top-notch I Want song, Jim and his best friends, a rat and a whatever, discover a map to secret pirate treasure. Chased by said pirates, they enlist a crew and chart a course to find the treasure on the Hispaniola, captained by Kermit the Frog himself. Unfortunately, Fozzie the Bear did a shit job of firing the crew, and the call is coming from inside the house. The pirates are the crew. Can Jim and his buddies escape the pirates and win the treasure? Or is the real treasure the rat pleasure cruise we enjoyed along the way? Find out. <laughs> you want to knock it off with the booze? You're peeling the paint off the shuffleboard court. <laughs> like, where is all this shit on this otherwise regular ship? Like, it's, it's hilarious. Like the the rat pleasure cruise is my favorite part of this movie. Rat tours limited. Oh my god! So let's go to the timeline. Uh, um. Well, first of all, you can find this on Disney Plus, but now we'll go to the timeline. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah, this is on Disney Plus. No cap. Um, <laughs> dead ass. Dead ass. <laughs> It's not 1995 anymore. It's not. At all. <laughs> we finally made it out. Uh, it is 1996. And for historical context, Charles and Diana get divorced. And the Nintendo 64 is released, which I have to tell you, I don't think that's accurate. There's no way that it came out in 1996, but I didn't play one until like 2000. I thought it came out in 96. I'm pretty sure this came up in my... I, no, I'm I'm telling you it's accurate. I'm just saying like it doesn't feel right. Uh, 96 feel yeah, June 23rd, 1996. Yeah, I'm an idiot. I'm Sucks just saying to like suck it, if you it what does. do you mean until two, you were playing the PlayStation in the 2000s? I was. Yeah, I was playing Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Get out of here. Yeah, so you had the 64 in the 90s. Mhm. Yeah, don't be silly. Yeah. Of course Hit I that a, right. Well, yeah, of course you did. <laughs> and and lots of other exciting things to happen in 96, but we're going to go ahead and trickle that out because like 95, we have several episodes happening in this year. So we do. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, this did, though, I would, of course, give it much higher ratings uh, and will. This actually kind of tracks. So they had 71% of the tomato meter and a 77% audience score. I'm going to go ahead and say that's reasonable, even though yeah. I really fucking like this movie i i i guess that's fine yeah. no awards for muppet treasure island braveheart wins best picture in 96 um and weirdly the best picture winner for 97 came out in 97 uh which is of course 
Titanic. And, and that was actually released in 97 and then one in 97, I believe. So it was because normally we have them released the, it's year, the before. year earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually, I, I believe that Titanic won in 97 and was released the same year. I could be wrong about that. Uh, Emmy winners, finally a change to this. Uh, yeah. Frasier wins the the big award for comedy and then ER for drama, which is yeah, just, ER. I mean, I guess I just, it's like just a weird time in television. It is. This is, I think when medical dramas became like front and center, but there was only like one. Now there's like one, every channel, every hour. They're mostly all on AMC. Weirdly. Like, I think there is one on NBC, but a lot of it's AMC. Yeah. And Grey's Anatomy is still being made. But to my knowledge, I don't think Grey's ever. I know. I don't know. I stopped watching during COVID. It got too depressing. I will eventually go back to it. But uh, the top grossing movie was Independence Day, which we'll be reviewing in a few weeks. Uh, And Muppet, Muppet Treasure Island made like a little over 34 million worldwide. Yeah, it did. It did okay. Like for a Muppet movie is pretty good because I'm almost positive. Like, let me look this up because I'm almost positive it costs like almost nothing to make it. Oh, just fucking kidding! It costs thirty-one million to make. Oh, yeah, that's rough. That sucks. Sorry, Muppets. Yeah, that's uh, that's not great. That's not good. Yeah, that's not. It's not. Uh, all right uh, this is the end of the timeline scott oh that's devastating sorry i'm a little upset by that um there isn't anything specific for this movie in there even though um there is a moment in like early on when we first meet polly where he does make fun of disney um by saying that it's unbelievable that they would think a pirate has a talking parrot what's next a singing talking mouse with his own amusement park yep um (laughs) But there is the Muppet Show itself is at California Adventure, isn't it? Is it California Adventure? In California, it is in California Adventure. In yeah. Florida, I think the Muppet Show is at uh, Hollywood Studios in Florida. I oh, that remember. makes sense. It might be in the Magic Kingdom. I can't remember. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, that's that's about it. They don't really show up in the parks, which is fine because they weren't technically part of Disney for a very long time. There are <laughs> sequels and remakes. I mean, there's no direct sequel to this, obviously, because it's like fucking Treasure Island. But uh, I mean, they have movies all over the place. Like they they would they adapted Christmas Carol. They did this, and then a couple. Of, I think about like 15 years later, they did the Muppet Wizard of Oz. Did they? Yeah, which was I remember it being really bad. That's too bad. They yeah. should do way. We say this every time we talk about the Muppets, but they should do way more Muppet adaptations because generally it's great. Like these two are great, and I don't understand why there's not a bazillion more. Like there should be a whole fucking branch of Disney that is just Muppets. Oh yeah, doing remakes of stuff. I would love a Muppet Iliad and the Odyssey or like a Muppet Frankenstein or a Muppet like, Oh my God. Oh my God. A Muppet pride and prejudice would be the funniest fucking thing ever. Oh my God. And I guess, so if we're on this, let's get out of the timeline. Cause that's actually yeah. the first main section of the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's all adaptations. And why isn't all classic literature told by the Muppets? Um, yeah, absolutely should be.
so Pride and Prejudice, Prejudice is a good pick. I think they should be doing like instead of their live action remakes, like we should just be getting Muppet whatever yeah. Renaissance movie. Right? <laughs> Muppet Beauty and the Beast, like Muppet Cinderella. Oh my god, dude, it would be so awesome! Like, what is it? Two years ago, we did Muppet Haunted Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. Muppet Haunted Mansion was good. Yeah, it just oh god damn it. What was I going to say? Oh, Muppet Shakespeare. They should just do Muppet, Muppet Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Yeah. yeah. Modern day Muppet adaptations of Shakespeare stories. Oh, my God, dude. Muppet A Midsummer Night's Dream would be the most chaotic thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, dude. Uh, oh, my God. A Mupp- There's so many you could do, dude. Like a Muppet Romeo and Juliet, which like. I can see it now. Like Miss Piggy like dies because Kermit dies, but then she wakes up. She's like, this is the stupidest ending ever. Yeah. <laughs> Piggy would never commit suicide no. for a man. Loves herself too much. Yeah. yeah Piggy would absolutely not. <laughs> like Kermit would be dead and she'd be like, I wasn't serious. I was just being dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> like, but I, I don't know why Disney isn't doing this more on the regular. Like they, they should be doing all of this. Like it's kind of shocking that there's only the, the three, right? This Christmas yeah. Carol and, and the apparently shitty Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. There's lots of classic lit that they should really be. I mean, think about we had like Wishbone. Why are we not doing that but with the Muppets? Yeah. Like, I don't I don't track what's going on there. Um, I, I think they just don't want to well, that's not true because Disney Plus is about to put out a new show called The Mayhem about the electric teeth and the or Doctor Teeth and the Electric Mayhem band on Disney Plus. It's about them producing their first album, and they've got like legitimate famous rock stars on there talking about it. Like Slash was influenced by the Electric Mayhem. It's <laughs> 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 like that's the shit I love. Like make it like real world. Like everybody, like the Muppets just exist everywhere. Or they're doing a period piece of Julius Caesar and Kermit says it's too brute. Like I just you know like. I, I don't know why we're not doing that. Ironically enough, like this does stick pretty close to the actual like novel. Yeah. That you're like, okay, I know how the movie or I like, I know how the book goes now. Like we're good. Like kind of for the most part, uh, obviously Benjamina is not Benjamina, but you get the idea what I mean. But yeah, this is pretty, this is pretty accurate. I'm kind of surprised. It sticks really close. Like they make little kind of Muppety changes. Like uh, it's Trelawney's half wit son for yeah. Fozzie instead of Trelawney himself. Like they make that adjustment to as the guy who like books the ship. Yeah. Um, and the the biggest change, I guess, is kind of Benjamina because it's in the novel. It's just Ben, some yeah. like who was like an old member of their crew of who got crew, yeah. yeah who got like marooned on the island whereas benjamina is was like left at the altar by kermit by (laughs) captain smollett and like randomly is marooned on this island they don't explain that they don't explain how she's on this island she just Um, says that uh, captain silver marooned her but we don't say when they do imply that that like she and long john were together Right, oh, that's they, very it's clear. one of the most hardcore sexual innuendos in a Muppet movie ever. Yeah. When she first sees him, she's like, oh, hello, Long John. Yeah, they're kind of like canon fucking. Yeah, they super were. 
So I wonder if she was on, like, if the implication is she was a, like a pirate on that excursion, and she and he he marooned her there because she does say nobody maroons me and gets away with it. So like he must have left her there, and the implication is that she was like, if not part of that crew, then with him there on that mission. And actually, now I'm there. remembering this. Captain Flint is the one that maroons her because she's like, I hooked up with this Bernie Flint guy. He was totally codependent. Does and she say that? Like, yeah. And then she's like, or Kermit's like, what? And she's like, he marooned me, Smalley. Me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought it was John, Long John Silver that did it. So she was <laughs> fucking Long John and Kermit and the other. The Captain Flint. And Flint. Yeah. All right. All right. I mean, I Piggy just, gets, but that's good for Piggy. Like, I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. She's incredible in this movie. And yes, I, I like her being like worshipped as the queen on this island instead of being like a lone marooned like crazy person who's been in isolation but i also want to acknowledge that like it's probably pretty racist but it's puppet pigs it's puppet pigs fun fact for you guys spam actually tried to sue muppet the muppet production team because one of the boar's names is spat am (laughs) <laughs> and the judge was like, when it got thrown out, the judge was like, I would think you would jump at the chance to have people think that spam is pork. Why would you want to like besmirch this opportunity? Right. Like, aren't you stoked? Like you got free advertising from yeah. the heads like, and what they the implied fuck? that your food is food. <laughs> it's just like, that's, that's just hilarious. so random to me. The other thing I really like is like, Piggy feels like the most real world of all of them. Like she's got these guys that like, follow her around and they do her bidding and that's all piggy ever wants but she also hates them because they're so annoyingly incompetent right like when she falls down the stairs and they're just like she's like shut <laughs> up and then, and then when you think they're gonna help her and john shoots him with the pistol and they all run away benjamin is just like oh my god and he's like <laughs> no benjamin and she's like what like she's just so annoyed with her help like she's yeah she's treated like a queen but she fucking hates being there. Yeah, she does. Like she's like made the best of, uh, of a bad situation like with this like native group that and yeah. it's just like uh it's probably pretty racist. But she's <laughs> amazing in this and what I really liked and this is the second time that we found this in the Muppet adaptations and the last time because it's the last Muppet adaptation because fucking here Disney we are. Is dumb apparently. No. Um but Smollett is the captain's name in Treasure Island, like yeah. as though it was written for Kermit to play. Like, yep. I always thought that Smollett was like a play on the name or something like that. Like, I didn't really click that, like, no, that's that's his name. Just like Fezziwig is the oh, name of the guy that Fozziewig yeah. plays. And it's like it was written for Fozzie to play Fezziwig. And like that character is so perfect for Fozzie in, yeah. in uh, Christmas Carol. And Smollett is just like so perfect for Kermit. Like it really feels like that was written for Kermit to be that role. Like it seems like it should be a play on the name and not the name, but just not the name. Like they just slightly altered it. (laughs) Yeah, but they didn't. Like it just was written. Like they this this book was written and it was like, and one day when the Muppets adapt it, Kermit will play Captain Smollett. (laughs) It's perfect, and I'm gonna name him for that purpose. You thought Um, ahead. But but just like the movie, the the book that it's based on, like it is a pretty close adaptation. Like it's all about the slow discovery of the pirates having been like on board on and board in the crew the whole, the whole time. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, the mutiny's coming. And then, like, shenanigans on the island, which is probably where things are the most different, I guess. It plays out yeah. a little differently in the book. They're all on the island. Because first, they do send just the pirates. Like, they try and trick them into going on the island to, like, maroon them there and just be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. But then they all kind of end up on the island. And there's, like, some politics that go back and forth when they're, like, in the... They like they have two different camps that they're in and they're sort of like low key fighting on the island and they're kind of there for a little bit longer. Like there's just a yeah. little bit more politics basically going on, um, followed by them eventually marooning the pirates. And so that does it, it goes into the it, it ends in the same place. It's just like slightly more complicated towards the end on the island than it is in the movie. But yeah. um, one thing that I really liked about it is the the booze piece. Yeah, because. In the books, nobody knows where all the booze is coming from, right? And we see Kermit say in the beginning of the movie, like, there's no booze on this trip. Like, we're not yeah. drinking. This is a questionable and course, crew and all that, yeah. Yeah, and they're obviously drinking the whole time. Um, <laughs> but Mr. Arrow, who, again, it's like, was this just written for the fucking Muppets? For Sam Eagle, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know why that just makes so much sense. I can't oh, really explain does. why. But it's, yeah. So, but <laughs> Mr. Arrow in the book is like always shit tanked, right? And he, he ends up dead and no one really knows how he's like getting all this alcohol the whole time on the boat. And everyone just assumes that he falls off the ship drunk. But it turns out the pirates have been keeping him drunk on their supply to make the crew less manageable because he's the first mate and would have been like keeping them all in line. Right. So the pirates keep him wasted so that he's not so manageable. Uh, and... I enjoyed that from the adaptation piece because they do ban it in the Muppet movie and then and they do obviously have Sam the Eagle dies and all the well, he comes back in the movie, which he doesn't in the book. Rose but. away. But the other thing I think is really funny about Sam Eagle is this is the first time he's ever had a major role. Before that, yeah. he's just been like a background character. Like he was the teacher in Christmas Carol, which is that when he shows up is my favorite part in that whole movie. I've been meaning to fix that shelf. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, I do think it's really funny. Like they picked the most, oh dude, the most Mr. Arrow Muppet that could possibly exist. And it's, it's a hundred percent Sam Eagle. Like it's insane. It's yeah, just, like such you, a good you, pick. It's perfect. And that's, I think why it might, maybe it's like difficult to find people or like to find a uh, classic literature to do. Cause not every Muppet could be used in every story. Like Pride and Prejudice would just be about Kermit and Miss Piggy. There's no other female that would pursue Kermit. And there's like no one else that Piggy would want to pursue. Right. Unless you made like a human, the other person. I th which they probably would. Yeah. Right. Like they could absolutely make that work. I trust Ryan them Gosling. to make anything work. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> Pedro. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, dude, it would be the mo. Oh my God, dude, it would be the most amazing thing to be Pedro to see Pedro Pascal just act opposite Gonzo. I think that would be the most incredible thing ever in my life. <laughs> I want to see him fall in love with Piggy. Oh, my God. That, too. 
Yeah, I want. Okay, that's what I want. That's what I want. I want a love story about Piggy being conflicted about loving Kermit because Pedro Pascal is at Muppet Studios now. That's I would be down. I'd be down for any adaptation that any Muppet movie. I'd be in for whatever Pedro's in. I'm here for it. Yeah, Um, but I guess speaking of, that's a great transition because only the best actors, of course, are fit to act across from the Muppets, except for one. Except for Jim. Jim is the exception. It's you. Hi, you're the problem. It's you. Everybody <laughs> else is great. You're you're the problem, Jim. You're uh, the worst. Why is he singing? So what the fuck? I this kid sounds like dog shit. Talk to me about this. Why he is this does. kid cast? So he went through. This was his first movie, uh, as you can clearly tell. But he went through puberty during production, and so his voice would have been cracking the whole time they sang. And so they had to use previously recorded audio. From right before he hit puberty. Yeah, but That's he still I, sounds like shit. He totally sounds like shit. No, he absolutely does. And I think I I want to say, and I have no way of knowing this, but I really, really hope that the joke about him being a little girl with blind pew got added after that <laughs> so that they could be like, dude, you sound like a fucking like little girl when you sing. I just like, because <laughs> he's <laughs> like, you've got it all wrong. There's no Billy Bones here, and I'm not a girl. And he's like, I might be blind, but I know you're lying. Like, <laughs> I, I want that's my headcanon that, yeah, they changed that shit because of his voice. I, as your voice cracks, I fucking hate, I um, I hated him in this. He's so awful. Like, he's yeah. just, he's not a good actor. He's not a good singer is just genuinely awful he is pretty okay with the muppets like he does a pretty okay job acting across from the muppets but not it's when enough he's with to- other people like when he's talking anytime he's talking with tim curry like the part where tim curry talks to him about how to find polaris yeah i'm just kind of like what are you doing here dude like this i don't be think the thematic crux of the movie yeah you're terrible i hated him However, Kevin Bishop did go through puberty. Or sorry, uh, I'm reading your note there. Yes, yeah, you had it. But um, <laughs> but he's so hot now. Where'd yeah, my note about that, that go? Isn't that in here somewhere? Yeah, there it is. In a shocking turn of Google, <laughs> he is so fine. I go, it's like I looked this kid up. I was like, oh damn, Kevin. Kevin looks good now. Like he hasn't done. He hasn't done very much. Like he has. He works pretty regularly, which is shocking. Like he actually has like acting credits in stuff. Um but nothing I've seen. Yeah. Uh nothing that I've even heard of. Like he clearly yeah. is still making money doing it, but um Somewhere. it's not good. So um yeah. But he got he got super hot. Uh Billy Connolly is amazing in this as Billy Bones. He has some of the funniest fucking jokes in this whole movie, dude. How did she bloody do that? I just, I just fucking love him. Like, do you know his comedy? Like, do you know him from outside of this? Uh, I've seen like one or two other things, but if you put a gun to my head, I probably wouldn't be able to identify him. He is hilarious. He's like super famous in the UK. Uh, And when I was there, he was like always in everything and he'd be on all the little Hell yeah. Uh, comedy shows and stuff. Like there's lots of um comedy kind of quiz shows in the UK. It's like a whole economy yeah. of its own. <laughs> um and he would be on those shows all the time being so fucking funny. He does a lot of like musical stand-up stuff. 
and he's oh, just hell yeah. He's so good. Like you should Google some of his best stuff. He's so fucking funny. And I love that they Absolutely. brought him in for this. Like he is more enjoyable to me in this movie than uh than what's his name? Um, Tim Curry. Like he's good. He, Tim Curry's amazing. I love Tim Curry, but I enjoy Billy Connolly in this better. Like the scenes that he's in have me just fucking dying. Like he's Dude, so are. so funny. I have what does he say? He has he has the the horrors, or he's got the. Oh like, God, I need rum. I got the horrors. Yeah, like, to the floor. <laughs> he's so and and the way that he like like again, Tim Curry's great. We're about to talk about him. He's amazing in this. But the way that Billy works across the Muppets, like his fucking terror at seeing Blind Pew, which for everyone out there <laughs> who's about to send me feedback that its name is Blind Pierre, uh, that's incorrect. If you look, it, it is. is Blind Pew, which is fucking weird. But his terror at in that scene, like the Blind Pew scene is one of my favorite scenes in all Muppet Dumb. Like yeah. I fucking love that. And Billy is like so good in it. And just his like... He's so in that scene. Yeah. Like, I'm just really here for everything he does. I prefer his performance to Tim Curry's in this movie. Uh, but he's oh, not, I totally do. He's not like, in the whole movie, you know. But Well, oh yeah, God. he can't be. But, like, I, honestly, dude, like, and this is one of those movies where you notice shit in the background all the time. Like, Henry Kissinger's diplomacy is what Gonzo takes out of his sea chest. What the fuck? I, that's, I saw that in this and died. I'd never noticed that before. Every it's I've seen so this movie awesome. 10,000 times and I died laughing when that dude, came out of the sea chest. That and when he's like, oh my god, dude. Anytime someone tells me their name and I can't hear them correctly, I'm just like, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. And Gonzo's <laughs> like, I'm not Jimmy, Jim, Jimmy, Jim, 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 Jim. He's Jimmy, 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 Jim. What? The one-legged man? Aye, lads, beware. Ah, what? Yeah. The one-legged man? Aye, but also running with scissors or any other pointy objects. <laughs> like, what the fuck? I, he's so, so, so good in this. I love him. He's so in it. He's so, like, real for this performance. Hell it's yeah, unbelievable. I, I wish he was in more. Yeah, I well, you look him up. He's oh, you mean of this movie? I'm this, like, yeah. he's in tons of shit and he's so funny. Like, there's, I'll try and find some good, like, some of his good stuff to send you later. Um, yeah, he's incredible. Um, I'm obsessed with him. But talk to me about your favorite because Tim oh, Curry no, does blow it Tim out of the, Curry. the water. Yeah, he does a Tim great Curry job. Tim Curry dude. Right from the beginning, like, first of all, Tim Curry loved the Muppets. Like, even going into this, so before production be began, he was like. I am so fucking here for this. It's insane. So when they they gave him the part, originally they were supposed to give him a a peg leg, which is actually what Long John Silver has in the book. But he it was really uncomfortable and he couldn't walk properly with it. So they just gave him a crutch instead, which is fine. It's whatever. It's fine. It also is how he traps Jim into the boat. So mm -hmm. that works. Yeah, which that's a change from the the book where Jim just like on a whim is like fuck it, I'll go with you, yeah. like an asshole. Like they, yeah. So he and then uh, Small's like fuck the kids with him, son of a bitch. I preferred this nefarious trick to yeah. the way it happens in the book. Him <laughs> just being like, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> oh, Jim, you lovable idiot. But no, I first of all, he is the most like aware of all of the actors in this movie. Like he even talks about how his when you become a prof or professional pirate is his only song that he gets to sing by himself. Yeah. And he's also the only one that's like 
he doesn't get distracted by nonsense. It's it, it literally is. He's yeah. Michael Caine. He's Michael yeah. Caine. He doesn't get distracted by the weird shit. Except for one time when they're like, I thought sailors had talking parrots. And he's like, talking parrots. <laughs> like, are you fucking nuts? But like, otherwise, like he goes along with it. He's just sitting in the galley when everyone else is singing cabin fever. Yep. He's just chilling. Like he's, I, I love him. And you know, it's a funny moment too, actually, like in that same scene when he uh, is pulling Jim with the crutch, like they show him looking up and you're seeing just like the top of his face. Cause you're seeing it from the perspective of Jim yeah. on the boat. And he looks like, I only noticed it for the first time on this watch. You can like see the Pennywise when you see him from that angle yep. as though he's like in the drain and then he yep. pulls Jim down. And I was like, it's the clown. Like, oh, was yeah. this was this made first? Which movie was made first? So this, the, right? uh, no, the the TV special for It came out in 1990. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, it was like, he's done that shit. Yeah, it felt intentional watching it this time. I was just like, oh, my God, like I can see the clown right now in your face for the first time because you can't. I mean, he's wearing so much makeup. He looks so different, well, obviously. Yeah. But like, oh, my God. Yeah. No, he was really, really, really good in this. I enjoyed him. Enormously. I wonder if that's like why they did that. That's my head cannon now. That's why they did that. However, I will say this, and this will be our, our transition into the next part, which is always the best part of a Muppet movie. But the one time that I don't enjoy him singing is in the Sailing for Adventure song where he's like, he's ta- it's ugh, dude. He's singing opposite Kevin Bishop, and Kevin Bishop is singing like a cherub. Uh, That's <laughs> awful. Fell Kevin off Bishop the back of the choir ruins yeah. that song. He really does, dude. But then, like Tim Curry goes so hard for his stars will be our compass. Yeah, whatever they may roll. And I'm like, okay, dude. Like, look, I got it, man. Like, okay, like you don't have to sell it. I'm here for you being here already. Oh, I loved that moment because, and it's, I feel it in my bones. It's an emotional, visceral thing, where. It's been so bad because for a whole 45 seconds, Kevin Bishop has been singing and it's singing so too. horrible. <laughs> and then when Kevin stops and, and he starts, it's so much better. Tim Curry comes uh, in with that line and it's like, oh, they got someone with a modicum of talent. Yeah, like, like the song shit. sounds okay again. Like, we're going to be all right. And then it, and it's because I really like that song, but it just I gets mean, so ruined too. by Kevin Bishop's solo. And so when, when Tim Curry comes back in, it's a really like visceral feeling of relief for me. Dude, this is like this is one of those movies that like there are songs and there first of all there are no bad songs in this whole movie. None. But um this is one of those movies where there's a song randomly that just gets stuck in my head while I'm doing something that has nothing to do with what I'm doing. Like I know every word to Cabin Fever. I know every word to Cabin Fever. And I know it because I always thought it was really funny that there's no reason that there should be two German Muppets on the side of the boat and they just start singing about sauerkraut and Volkswagen <laughs> because those are the most German sounding words. <laughs> I many times on my road trip when I drove alone from Colorado to Boston with many cats, there were a number of times where I very almost sang this song for you and sent you a video of me singing all of Oh Cabin my god, you absolutely I'm so upset. That I you didn't do it did. because it seemed irresponsible to be like pulling up like I was, like no, you know why I didn't do it. <laughs> I couldn't be I was like driving, so I'm like, stop fucking with your phone, first of all. And then second of all, um 
I could not find a way for the phone to like it won't play the music and record yeah, it. Yeah, it won't. T- yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, it won't. T- it won't play my music through my Bluetooth and let me sing along. And I was like, well, I'm not just gonna like actually just like solo sing Cabin Fever right now. But if I could have gotten a way to get that to play both ways, I I would have sent you that video because <laughs> I was singing yeah. it. That is a shame. It is. And I'm a little upset it's by all that. It's all right. There's another branch of the multiverse where Apple's phones don't work where that way. Did. And we had a great laugh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, now I can live. Um, live for that version of you, Scott. It exists. Yeah, I do. The multiverse I, is real. Somehow I'll, yeah, I'll look at myself in the mirror and be like, you're the one that heard that. <laughs> um, yeah. So Professional Pirate is absolutely the best song in this whole movie. Um, I, I will fight anybody that says this. Love Lettuce Here is okay too, but I think I think I like Love Lettuce Here because you get to see like Kermit and Piggy like rekindling their love, but you also get to see that the love for the pirates is them finding the treasure and they're all happy too. And like it's just just like it's a really good juxtaposed between the two. Yeah, like I uh I prefer I don't know, I don't know. Oh professional pirate is really good. It is, it is really, really good. good, but I do like Sailing for Adventure. Sailing for Adventure is really good. Yeah. Sailing for Adventure on the big blue wet thing. Yeah, I like that joke. <laughs> and that's the one where, where they say margaritas at the midnight buffet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I really enjoy Sailing for Like, Sailing for Adventure, I think, is the funniest song. Professional Pirate might be the best song. It also you has some really funny Sailing moments. for Adventure is funnier than... Uh, cabin fever. Yes, but it's more my style of humor. Like it's oh, it's more true. subtle, like yeah. little lines. Cabin fever is a little more in your face with it. Cabin fever leans towards the slapstick, which is you know I I prefer the sort of like subtle lines in That's Sailing for true. Adventure that are like a little bit clever. You got to think about it for a second. Like yeah. yeah, I prefer that. But something better is actually also pretty good. Gonzo and Rizzo are very funny in that song. <laughs> yeah. I love how Rizzo is never involving himself too. He's like, and I'll be by your side. And Rizzo's like, and he'll be by your side. I'm like, damn, Rizzo, you are not a ride or die. Rizzo's such an <laughs> asshole. No, Rizzard's Rizzard. Uh, Rizzo is a very fair weather friend. But Professional Pirate is legendary. I will give you that. I always think that I'm not going to think much of it, but Tim Curry can really sing. Yeah, that's why I think it's so weird to hear him go so hard on um, – on sailing for adventure and then just like kill it on professional pirate. <clears throat> and I think it's because half a professional pirate, he's just talking. He's like talk singing. So I think that's why it works, but oh my God, dude, I just, <sighs> professional pirate is so good. First of all, guys, I can't believe I didn't mention this earlier, but for those of you who are not aware, if you don't watch opening credits for movies, you know that this movie musically is going to be a banger. Like it's just going to be awesome from start to finish. When you find out the moves, the moves, the movie's score is conducted by Hans Zimmer. Yes, which is wild, right? Yeah, it's fucking rad. Like, uh, and you can't. This is the other thing that really irritates me about most Muppet movies is you can't find it anywhere. Like, I can't go to Spotify right now and just say like Muppet Treasure Island. <clears throat> There's a playlist, but it's all like other people who. Like recorded it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. It's it's not like the actual cut from the song, and you can't find Hans Zimmer's like version of it anywhere. It's fucking annoying. I hate it. That's weird. 
that but the score is like so fire dude like it's, it's awesome like, dude. really goes hard like this and the soundtrack obviously we've been talking about but the score from Hans Zimmer like really goes hard and like how the fuck did they get Hans Zimmer to do this this is probably around like you got to remember too like right before right after this he's about to do Armageddon yeah like what the fuck like it's how did they how did they it's because people love the fucking Muppets man or no I'm sorry he didn't do Armageddon that's Trevor Rabin okay as we've previously established people who don't like the Muppets are wrong right like oh the Muppets are great if you don't like the Muppets I don't get it like you don't I don't get what you don't get go back to them you probably haven't watched it since you were a little kid and you don't get it but and you're also probably not currently listening to this episode but I wonder, like, if we just, like, accept that there are people who don't like this, like, if I can accept that insane fact, do you think that this movie would have done better or this kind of, like, they would be out there making more of these if the Muppets were, like, an animated thing instead of puppets? Because you have to have the idea of them being popular in the real world and all the things, and I don't think you can do that without there being a live-action element, and I just don't get what the fuck people don't like about the Muppets. Like, I think the answer is no. Yeah, you can't do it. Because then it's just a regular, you're like, oh, that's a cartoon of a weird thing. Like, oh, a talking frog cartoon? Okay, whatever. But, like, him being a puppet and interacting with Michael Caine and Tim Curry and Jason Siegel and all that stuff, like, that's what makes it funny. Because they treat it like the Muppets are, like, my next-door neighbor. Like, I could live next yeah, door to exactly. Rolf kind of thing. Like They're, like, existing famous people, too. Yeah. Right? Like, they're treated as real-life celebrities. And, like, that's exactly. like part of what makes it funny. I just wish they'd do more Muppets. I just, I just, I guess I'm just, like, continue to be mad that the Muppets aren't more popular. And, yeah. like. Well, that's why I'm excited for this, uh, this Electric Mayhem show. Because, like, didn't you, if you watch the trailer, like, there's, like, John Legend is in there. And he's talking about how he was influenced by Dr. Teeth and, like. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. I think it's uh, it's either Iggy Azalea or Ariana Grande that were like, um, man, I had such a hots for Dr. Teeth when I was a kid. I had a poster of him in my room. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, no one did. But, like, this is so funny that they make this satire, that they exist in everybody's, like, regular life. And I think that's why the Muppets are so popular is, like, Johnny Cash was a fucking guest star on the original Muppet show. Johnny Cash like somebody had to go to the man and tell him hey I want you to perform with a bunch of puppets and he's like fucking dude bet let's go they were more popular in the 70s though. oh yeah in like the 70s and 80s like yeah. in real life like they were more popular then and I just wish more millennials were into them like I just don't get yeah. like what the fuck was wrong with our generation that like more people aren't Muppet fans and I just think people should like go figure it out <laughs> and I think Disney should invest in like doing way more Muppet stuff and I just like think it's bullshit that that this isn't like a ten out of like why isn't this a perfect movie on IMDb? Yeah, I know. Like I actually now that we've been talking about it for an hour, I'm kind of like I actually disagree that the or on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like I don't I don't actually think that the Rotten Tomato score is fair. I think giving oh. it a C plus is fucking bullshit. Yeah. This movie's so good, and I strongly encourage anyone who's listening to this is like i haven't seen this movie in forever and like sure or whatever or Dude, Lindsay, calm down, down. About the muppets. like please go watch this yeah. movie please go spend 90 minutes of your life this is like one really long episode of an hbo drama right this is like one episode three of the last of us yeah that's it it's not that long and it is just incredible like please go watch this movie 
Um, I also want to throw out there because that was the second time that you name dropped Jason Siegel, and I'm afraid that you don't get to do that at the current moment without me plugging. <laughs> shrinking? Fucking Shrinking, man. I know. Everybody go watch Shrinking. Shrinking is awesome. Everybody, I just want to say this too, and I'm just going to just give this this free shilling to Apple, is we should all just be fucking paying for that Apple TV app, man. Like All the shows they're putting out are so good. We should all just pay for it. They can just, Apple can have just that much more of our money. It just honestly is that good. Like we should all be watching Shrinking. All right, fine. I actually meant to because I thought that that new show Jury Duty was on Apple TV. Okay. The last kind of thing on this is like a sort of vague attempt to do anything around the themes or character arcs or messages of this movie because it's. At this point, we're just breaking down Treasure Island. Which is like, I mean, I'm, I'm, to be fair, we did it last week when we like we haven't seen bullying in a while, and then Chris and I did Jumanji, and that's how the movie opens is bullying. Yeah. So like it ju- it comes back. So like here we are yet again with like the orphans thing. Jumanji had orphans. This has orphans. I don't remember in the book if it ever actually explains where Jim's parents are because if I remember correctly, it's just Jim's dad that's gone. His mom is still there. I'm pretty sure that both his parents run the inn. Like, I don't, he's just not an orphan. Oh, okay. Um, but there is like the book themes are more around like role models and. Yeah. But in the in the movie, the orphan thing is definitely front and center, and it's it's pretty light on the thematic stuff. Yeah. But it's but it is there. It's just not really the point. It's not really why we're here, right? But Jim's whole thing of like they want like all you to find the theme of the movie, you just gotta go listen to the I want song, yep. right? Which Jim totally has. <laughs> and um it's all about like his search for meaning and purpose and like a father figure. And and I think what's interesting here that's not in the book because Jim isn't I don't think an orphan like Jim has like two options for a father figure, right? He's got like Smollett tells him, I knew your father. Like he's like absolutely an option for Jim to go to as a parental figure. Right. But he really gravitates over to long John. And I think it's kind of like, he's a lowly ship's cook. Like it's kind of a class commentary, isn't it? Where he, the way that he gravitates towards long John. I think he like it's and they do that in Treasure Planet too. Like it's just him looking for meaning and a way for him to like feel like he's a part of something bigger than the well, he says it in this song too. He's like, uh, there's gotta be something better for me than this. I know that there's so much out there to see. And I know that this life I'm living can't be my destiny, which is like the best fucking hook in that song. But like mm-hmm. It's weird that this is like, it's almost like we almost get enough to focus on it where like every time he talks about like doing something with his life, he talks about how he has his father's old compass. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, but like, why don't we like Tim Curry in like two lines builds up more emotional connection to Jim than Jim does the entire movie when they find the treasure and there's nothing in the treasure chest and he tells Jim to run. And Jim's like, why are you doing this for me? He's like, because I like you, boy. I hope you didn't think I was lying about that. And it's like, damn, dude. Okay, so like he cares. But I I don't know. It's Yeah, whereas Smollett's like, 
give me the yeah, map. I'm like, afraid I'll be taking you. it either way. Yeah. <laughs> which, which of course, uh, like there's a parallel to that later where Long John kind of says the same thing about the compass, right? Jim's like, no, I won't give it to you. And he's like, I'll be having it either way. Yeah. Like that happens to Jim twice in this movie by both of his potential father figures, which is really pretty shit, right? Yeah. Like nobody's <laughs> really like, he doesn't have a great option. And I get why he would gravitate to Long John, especially after that happens with Kermit, Kermit in yeah. the early part. But before that happens, he does, he's still gravitating towards Long John and like not Kermit, which is like really too bad. Um, I mean, that's also not like the role to fill for Captain Smollett. Like he doesn't have direct interaction with Jim all the time. Whereas they're cabin boys, which means they're always helping Long John. Yeah. So like true. it makes sense that he well and like we see it. You're with him all the time. Yeah. And we see it like they're playing and like he's walking with Long John's crutch and then Rizzo and Gonzo get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. I could play in the NBA. Oh my god. And Rizzo's like, no, I hate basketball. <laughs> like he likes it. What the fuck? Like this Rizzo is so kinky. It. No, it's Gonzo oh so god. fucked up. Or sorry, sorry, yeah, Gonzo is like such a king. <laughs> also, um, how did we not talk about the way that they introduced the crew? Like Oh my god, roll call. <laughs> Clueless Morgan? Huh? <laughs> I think one of my favorite lines might be uh later in the like cause they introduce like Dead Tom. Old Tom. Old Tom. Real old Tom. <laughs> Dead Tom. And I we used to do the roll call as kids. That was something we'd we'd like perform a lot like yeah. roll call is hilarious but my favorite joke in the movie might be later on after after everything's like all the dramas going down on the island and old tom is like dead tom's dead and then the other one's just like but dead tom's dead dead tom's always been dead That's why he's called dead, That's why he's tom. Called dead tom and then he goes oh and just drops his bones <laughs> Dead Tom's dead. <laughs> Long John like, shot him. That might be my favorite line of the movie. Like, I really enjoy that. And then uh, just all of it's great. I, I don't what is it? understand. Big fat baby face. Big or no, fat, fat bug faced, ugly baby eating feast. Or big fat, ugly baby eating O'Brien. Baby eating O'Brien. And it's this like smoking hot woman with a super deep man's voice. I. And they're both just like. <laughs> it's like amazingly for 1996, like not a low key, like negative trans joke. Yeah, they're just like, what? What you would think? Like, when I was like, wait a second, is that, is there, is anything, is there anything here that I shouldn't like? And I was like, no, actually, they're turned on by it. Like, this is just, yeah, I don't think this is any kind of commentary or negative. Like, they, like Kermit and Arrow are like 100% turned on by this. So I, uh, I love, I loved that for us. Um, I love Dead Tom. <laughs> I loved the roll call. I love just like, I love the moment after that. And I think it's some, I think that actually is like the best Muppet adaptation piece of this movie, actually, because the whole crux of Treasure Island is like finding out that like, oh shit, there's like clues and stuff of like, oh, the crew are pirates. Yeah. yeah. The call's coming from inside the house. Like that's <laughs> the crux of this. 
And, you know, it's a 90 minute Muppet movie, so it comes out pretty quickly here. But this roll call piece is like a really, really cool way of doing that where they're like, OK, we're going on adventure on the big blue wet thing. And like, we're all here. Like, everybody seems great. You know, Kermit's running the ship. Everything's probably awesome. Let's fucking go. And then we do the roll call and it's like, we are all Kermit right after. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Why like, are this crew? <laughs> <laughs> this is undoubtedly the most seedy batch of uncut civil, like, like uncivil pirates I've ever seen in my life. So who hired them? Your finger hired that's the crew? No. Fozzie. That's the, silly. The, <laughs> the thing with the guy and his, like, Mr. Whatever and his finger, I, like, I thought was, yeah, I thought that was funny when I was little, but I that's my probably least favorite. The thing that he hits the least for me now. I'm just like, yeah. yes, yes, Fozzie. Generally, Fozzie is not my favorite Muppet. Yeah, Fozzie is super hit or miss for me, and he gets relegated to like a side character a lot. Like he's really funny in Muppet Caper because he's he's in that movie he's canonically Kermit's brother, and the <laughs> only reason okay. that they can tell them apart is when Fozzie is wearing his hat. Otherwise, they look exactly the same. Like they make a joke where he's like, "Especially because you two jokers don't look anything alike." And he's like, "Oh, that's because Fozzie's not wearing his hat." Fozzie, put your hat back on. And he puts it back on. And then the guy goes, "Oh yeah, I can see it now." That's <laughs> <laughs> what it's so funny about it. But like, yeah, it's normally Kerm, or, uh, normally Fozzie is like this. He's Kermit's best friend, but he's also like usually a background character. Like he totally was in christmas carol he's just in that one scene otherwise you would have thought he would have been like with him in some way all the time yeah but that role was written for him oh it still was i know like that was like there's no question but yeah he's usually kermit's bestie uh but he's like my least favorite muppet and that was kind of my least favorite running joke but i loved the the scene after the roll call where it's like what the fuck is this why is this and and it is like a lot of those those muppets were created like for that right like a lot of them aren't existing characters yeah it's like sweetums is sweetums is one of the old he's one of the original um the big Mm -hmm. dude that's at the helm um love sweetums and he turns out to be a good guy he is a good guy he's like are you kidding i love you guys (laughs) (laughs) i love sweetums but th- yeah, like most of them, like obviously dead Tom, old Tom, really old Tom, um, Angel Marie, Clueless Morgan. I wish Clueless Morgan was in more shit, dude. When they call his name for <laughs> roll call and he just uh, goes, huh? <laughs> just, Polly, what was that thing? What? That number? Kevin, fever. <sighs> and he's like, what are you he's talking, like, what are you about? talking oh, about? I love that after Kevin fever that they like. Like it didn't happen. Yeah. It's like so fucking wild. <laughs> what? Like this movie's like you're open about what? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you expect it from the Muppets at that point too. Like, and I, I, dude. What were we saying? <laughs> oh my God. This is awesome. Sorry. No, you're fine. Let's go into the room of requirement. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I want to hear more about you handing black spots out to people because I think that is the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I so as I've said, like this movie is like a true island of my personality. <laughs> like this is uh, like we watched this all the time, me and my friends as kids, yeah. and we based half of our like play and our social lives on Muppet Treasure Island. We would regularly like sing the ballads to each other. Like we were obsessed with this movie, 
And so the black spot in middle school, me and my best friend used to hand this thing out as like social homicide. Oh my God. We were like little middle school bullies, yeah, right? You were. And we were like, no, we definitely were. Like we were, it's not cute. Like that's a conversation for a different day. But we were, <laughs> yeah. We were not nice. Um but the yeah, we did used to hand the black spot out to people. And when I was watching this this weekend, I was and like preparing for the episode. I was like, am I hallucinating that we did this? Because I can't, I can't remember. Like, that was real, right? So I texted Aaron, who is my best friend from from these days <laughs> when we were little, who used to do this with me. And I was like, did we used to hand the black spot out to kids at school? Like for Muppet Treasure Island, like the, the pirate death sentence that they get? <laughs> and she was like, yes, we did. And now that you bring it up again, I'm going to start doing it again. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's yes, what you should do. Dude, I 100% think that that's what women should do in bars. If they don't like a guy that's like asking them to buy a drink, they should just hand them black spots. Oh, you want my oh number? My Here you go. You're like, dude, what the that's fuck? That amazing. chick in the bar just gave me a piece of paper with a black circle on it. And all the friends are just like, oh, damn, dude. Like, what? Well, yeah, it's just your, and then <laughs> yeah. you die mysteriously soon after. Yeah. Like, totally insane uh, that we used to do this. And I, I just it just died laughing. Um, but as as you noted in here, it was not a historically accurate thing. Correct. Most of our um, most of our perceptions of pirates is actually based on what was written in Stevenson's book: the peg leg, the pirate, uh, eye patch, the you know the curse of Davy Jones, <clears throat> and the black spot. A lot of that stuff. And most of the stuff from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies are spawned of this like romantic idea about what pirates were. But in reality, pirates didn't hand out <laughs> they didn't hand out black spots to people. They were very democratic. They were very um, you know, Edward Teach or Thatcher, however you want to pronounce his name, who became Blackbeard. He didn't really get his head cut off three times and then swim around the boat. It just the stuff it's no shit. yeah <laughs> or maybe he did who knows but like piracy was awesome back in the 1700s like it was you know in the 1800s it was like how people established like the caribbean and stuff and that's why it kind of like fell apart after the british and the spanish were like uh-huh, you guys can't be doing this <laughs> but yeah i think it's I think it's funny that we have all these like romantic ideas about pirates because of this one book. Like Westerns over the years have done that for the cowboy. Yeah. It took like one book for people to be like, that's what pirates were like for sure. Like guaranteed done sold fucking with a bullet on it. All right. So a couple of other, there's a few stories, a couple stories I would like to share with the greater public. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, usually I'm the one with all the historical, like, whatever, like, caring about all this. But I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. So when I was in, like, elementary school. (laughs) (laughs) So we did used to play Blind Pew was a version of tag that we played in the playground. Oh, I'm so fucking here for this. Yeah. So we but it was also a form of bullying. So, Uh, of course. Yeah, because it was like we it's which is not okay, Um, And. It was the year 1996. So we're just like, whatever. I was nine. Here we are. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, this movie came out when I was nine. So the blind pew game was we would make somebody go blindfolded. And that was the bullying element because it was usually the same somebody who is my best friend today. And I'm sorry, Jessica, for how many times you had to be blind pew. Oh, my God. It was not nice. I'm still making up for it. (laughs) But she's my best friend. But we'd make Jessica be blind pew. And we played on this giant ass climber and it was tag, but you had to be blindfolded on the climber. And she, you know, you're like on top of the monkey bars. Like it was like legit dangerous. Like this climber was huge and crazy and had like multiple levels and it was the nineties. So it was like not safe and like full of tetanus and like it just. Didn't you just text Matt and I yesterday that boys are stupid? I mean, yeah. And then you guys are out here walking across monkey bars blindfolded. Yeah, I mean, not walking, but like climbing over them, and there was like it was it was a sketchy like there was low shit that you could like run into. Like the big climber was like pretty dangerous, and we would play blind yeah. pew on it, and um, so that was amazing. We would give out the blind spot and he made pew. Please, it was Montessori school. There was nobody watching. Was I was going to say, oh, that's great. That's where my nephews are going. That's awesome. It was great. Well, it's also not 1996 anymore. That's true. There was a lot of free. Yeah, I used to play in a wash. So the nephews are yeah, going to Montessori though. My two oldest went, and my niece is going now. I didn't yeah. know that. I love that. Mm-hmm. My niece just got in. She got accepted to hers in New Hampshire. Let's go. Um. Anyway, so we used to play blind pew. Um. But the best thing that I found when I was watching this movie. Yeah, 100%. I made her not tell me about this until right now. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you some some fucking shit. In the scene where they ban booze, uh, Tim Curry says, no, sorry, who's, yeah, he says, let's, let's break open a bottle, right? I have a bottle of, uh, like, our finest something um, laid down by the brothers of Buckfast Abbey, right? Is what he says. Mm-hmm. Do you have yeah. any knowledge of what this means? I have no knowledge of this. All right. I cannot believe, because I have watched Muppet Treasure Island in my adult life. Like in the last in the last year, I've watched Muppet Treasure Island. Yeah, but you weren't watching with a critical eye like we do for this. Yeah, but I didn't catch this line. And that shocks me because Buckfast is a port wine that is made at an abbey by monks in Ireland. So when they say it's coming from the brothers of Buckfast Abbey, they are talking about Buckfast. Mm-hmm. This is an, a, a, an alcohol that any listeners in the UK will be intimately familiar with. So I invite you to skip ahead if you don't care about me explaining just how fucking outrageous <laughs> Buckfast is as a concept. If you're like, yeah, I understand that. Move on. Americans. This port wine made by monks in Ireland is like the least classy thing that you can drink, right? It's super popular in Ireland and Scotland, less so probably in England. And by super popular, I mean for like teenagers and broke people and bums. And it is just like, honestly, Bugfast is like the least classy, most horrific thing that you can drink, right? <laughs> and it's this like thick port wine that it's so like syrupy and awful that like you don't drink it in a glass. If be- anyone out there is has ever had a glass of Buckfast, you need to check yourself. That's not correct. You take shots of Buckfast, this wine. And the reason that like that you do that beyond like how heinous it is is that it is a unbelievably alcoholic like it's like drinking fucking oh, yeah. vodka, um, and b 
in one bottle of Bucky, as it is colloquially called. Um, and and if you're not taking shots of it, you're drinking the whole bottle. That's more often how it happens. Like, I can't drink a bottle of Bucky, I'll fucking die. But like my ex, yeah, sounds like, it. like most people, like if you drink a bottle, you're drinking Buckfast, you down, like you chug a bottle of Buckfast. You don't like drink yeah. it by the glass. You like take shots of it or you down the bottle of Bucky. Or you take mm-hmm. like big swigs and pass the bottle around. It's like one of those, right? And it's like the alcohol content of uh, it's like drinking a bottle of vodka. But what makes it really outrageous is the caffeine. And in a bottle of fast, there's the equivalent of the t- caffeine of 10 cans of Coke. Like it's basically drinking a bottle of espresso. It's the, like the caffeine like parts per mil or whatever is the same I as espresso. This. And it's like incredible that this is like that they are canon drinking buck fast in muppet treasure island because it's like <laughs> this is something that you do to get fucking shattered like if you want to show up somewhere ruined you drink a bottle of bucky and you go to that place and you are jacked all night on caffeine like like holy fuck you dude. are having a rush like your body is going through something from the caffeine that is totally separate from the alcohol content and so you it's it's it, it's like a fucking like red bull and vodka on steroids it's so insane and it's made by these fucking monks at the abbey and it's technically wine and it's just like Buckfast is just such a pillar of my college experience. Like the the number of bottles of Bucky that we drank and went out and just fucking raged. And like, you want to show up somewhere and not have to pay for drinks? Drink a bottle of Buckfast. It'll cost you like five quid to buy the bottle. Pound that before you go in. The number of like bottles of Bucky, like empty bottles that you see like in the bins on the street outside the club in Scotland <laughs> in the early 2000s of just like, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to be absolutely fucking shattered all night. Cause we're going to down this bottle of buck fast and go into the club. And like, dude, I just, it's, it was very weird to see this in this movie because this movie was such a big part of my childhood. And Buckfast was like, weirdly such a big part of my college experience and later because of course i'm like my ex was irish and and they fucking loved buckfast they would drink so much of it up in northern ireland yeah. it was not classy but like when we would have friends come visit like they'd bring bucky like that was a thing in our like marriage of like oh my god somebody brought a bottle of buckfast like let's get fucked up like that's like a thing we did like in our 30s like i just i can't believe that this was in this movie when i heard that line like i paused the movie like i was like you're fucking kidding me i put it back on with subtitles i took a picture like i was like <laughs> how is this how how is this year how are they drinking fucking buck fast in this and it's the it's the mid to late 90s they knew what buck yeah. fast was like that oh that, yeah like culturally it was still what that was and that was only 10 years before like when this was made it was only 10 years before i was in the uk doing it so like so insane <laughs> looking at this i can i can buy a bottle of this it's 11 dollars. how do you where can you buy it who sells it here vivino.com oh my god that's awful <laughs> this is hilarious i dare dude. you to go down a bottle of buck fast and just see what happens to you it's like taking a hallucinogen like that it's like so <laughs> insane dude the average most recent uh reviews jesus christ 
Uh, it is a 4.3 out of five stars out of over a thousand ratings on this website alone. <laughs> and mo- the average rating reads as this will get you there. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get like, honestly, like a couple shots of Bucky, like, and you're good. I would do shots of Bucky as a regular thing because it's not. It doesn't taste that bad. It's a syrupy port yeah. wine. Like it tastes pretty good, but it fucking ruins you. Like it's just. No, it sounds awful. It just. It sounds like drinking cough syrup. It's like life changing, but like boozy kind of tasty cough syrup that's like <sighs> full of like, but that that's an espresso, like the content of an espresso, but you're drinking a bottle of it. Like it would yeah. be like if you drank a bottle of espresso, and that was that espresso was like highly caff or highly alcoholic. It's just really, really an insane amount of alcohol and caffeine in your system it at once. It sounds like, like going it. really fast and then going – like I think my heart would probably explode. That sounds awful, but problem, also sure. I super want to try it. Oh, yeah. Dude, my liver failed just hearing you tell me that story. I mean I think you should totally buy a bottle and have a few shots of Bucktast so and see what happens to you. Like it's like – Yeah. I just couldn't believe that that was in this movie. So anyway, um, that's all I have to say. <laughs> What else do you have in us for us in the rumor requirement? So here's something that I do think is really funny as my voice cracks yet again. Um, so at the completion of filming, Tim Curry was given a Muppet in his likeness as Long John Silver when the film wrapped. And he actually considers this one of his favorite roles of all time. But after mentioning or after you making mention of him appearing over the side of the ship looking like Pennywise, I do feel it is also important to note that in the the 2017 remake of it, there is a doll in the room that Richie walks into that is dressed like the original Tim Curry Pennywise. And if memory serves, I believe that was given to him too. That's creepy. So not only does he have a Muppet of himself as Long John Silver in his house, he has a puppet like little doll version of Pennywise. I would not want the this, Pennywise doll because of the yikes factor, but the fact that they gave well, him a yeah. puppet is cool. And I'm not surprised this was one of his favorite roles. Like because they do a really good job of making sure that whoever they cast to work opposite the Muppets fucking wants to be there and does a great job. Like Jason Siegel, yeah. ten out of ten against Well, Muppet. dude, and we we said it in the Christmas episode. Uh Michael Caine agreed to do it but the way he agreed to do it was that he was going to treat them like regular actors yeah which is what you have to do that's the way yeah, to you have to do it that way i really like when they have tim curry and and sweetums is holding him up at the end of professional pirate oh my god and, yeah and obviously <laughs> the puppet is not holding tim curry with one hand like on it you know and i just love like that was like a really seamless practical effect that they did well and they do it too when they're carrying him with the like the logs when he's like upstage lads yeah like they carry him around instead of him walking and it yeah the practical effects in this were really good there's only one moment in the whole movie i think where you see one of the puppet sticks um you see one of rizzo's in mm. the opening song in something better for like one um, second you also can see one of the puppeteer's hands holding the mug that uh billy bones puts on top of rizzo and if you look carefully, there's no bottom to that mug, and you can see Rizzo's eyes. Oh, yeah, it's weird. Some pretty um, minor issues. Yeah, I'm not like, wow, the movie's ruined. Like, I can't watch this now. But <laughs> so after Jim Henson's death, Rolf the dog was never recast. It actually took several years for him to appear in a speaking role 
as his son felt that Rolf was the closest to his father in personality, even more so than Kermit, which I think is actually really funny. While he does appear in the beginning of the film, he is sitting at the table when Billy Bones is telling his story. No, it's when Miss Blubber just like, uh, how does it get to be such a pigsty in here? And there's all the pigs sitting at the table. Yeah. Uh, he's sitting with those pigs. He's like sitting right there. He's wearing a red vest. Um, but he doesn't speak. And actually, he does show up. His introduction in the Jason Siegel movie in 2011 is probably my favorite fucking part in the whole movie, dude. Everybody oh, yeah. gets and this Rolf. like montage. <laughs> right. Yeah, everybody gets this montage of how they got them back into the group or whatever. And then Rolf is like, hey, no one told me like showed like how I got here. And Rolf is just sleeping in a hammock. And they're like, Rolf, do you want to like come back to the Muppets? And he's like, yeah, okay. Okay. And then he goes back to present time and he's like, huh, classic. <laughs> This shit just cracks me up, dude. He's not in Muppet Christmas Carol either, though, right? Yeah, he's got to be a background character, or I think he's playing the piano at the Fozzywig party. Oh, that makes sense. That's usually how they squeeze yeah. Rolf in there if they don't. They also squeeze the Swedish chef into this, too, and the vegetables make fun of it. They're like, that how else funny. would we have gotten him in this movie? That was funny. Yeah. It's like cooking at the luau or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> I already said the one about Polly Lobster, but after the success of Christmas Carol, Henson and the crew wanted to do another period piece because they liked the idea of just putting Muppets in classic settings. And it ultimately came down to either this or King Arthur. Oh, that would be a fun one for the Muppets to do. I feel like King Arthur would be good now, but I don't think... It would have been the move back then. Like, I'm glad it was Muppet Treasure Island, you know? Well, because you know what was still, like, a thing uh, in the 90s at this time for King Arthur was... um, Merlin? No, the comedy, the British comedy. Fuck. Oh, this is bad. This is embarrassing that I'm... Monty Python and the Quest for the Holy Grail? Thank you, Holy Grail. Yes. I'm like, oh, God, I'm fucking up that I don't know this. And we were obsessed with that, too. We performed that in our middle school. They gave us the choice of, like, what do you want to do for a school play? And we were like, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. (laughs) They were, like, really here for that because they introduced that to us and had us watching Faulty Towers at recess and shit. God, I love that show. God damn it. I love that show. VHS, like, in class, like, just not going out for recess because we're watching Faulty Towers. Fucking Dude. Oh, my God. I love that show so fucking much. Like, there already was, like, a satirical fourth wall breaking. Like, actually, the Monty Python crew and the Muppets have, like, kind of a lot in common. Oh, yeah, big time. Like, weirdly. So, yeah, I wonder if maybe that's why that didn't work out for them as well. Maybe now's the time they should go back and do it. I would love for them to, dude, seriously, this is like, we need to work for Disney, man. I know. I don't know why they're not doing all of the things that we suggest. Why Why aren't they listening to our podcast? Stupid. Stupid people. Anyway. Anyway, I think that's all we got on this one. But I loved the hell out of this movie. Um I this is obviously an eleven out of ten for me without question. Oh, for sure. Just yeah. Turning for this sure. up to eleven without even thinking about it. It's it's not even a question. Yeah. I didn't um I didn't even need to think twice about this. Even while I was watching it, I was like, there's no way that you give this less than like a ten point nine. Yeah. At the worst. It's a turn it up to eleven. And including the yeah. bad guy. Uh Tim Curry obviously oh, goes for sure. up to Tim 11 Curry, for this. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's all epic. <laughs> 
It's all yeah. fucking epic, man. I love this. I wish that the Muppets would do more adaptations because it's just amazing. We should have way more Muppet stuff. We should. And I do I do have to agree with Lindsay on this. I do feel really bad for people who don't like this movie. Um because you have a piece of your soul missing. Yeah, give it another shot. It is so fucking yeah. funny. I I just like even more so than like all of the random like shit that's hilarious in Christmas Carol. Yeah, this is or funnier. even like the newer one. Like this is definitely funnier. It has uh music like Christmas Carol doesn't. Christmas I mean Christmas Carol has good songs, don't get me wrong. But this is yeah. on another level. Like the music on this movie is just it's if you haven't seen this in a minute, fucking please go watch it and send us your feedback. Yeah. Let us know what you think about this one because this is really a, a big one for Scott and I. And I don't know if maybe we're just crazy, but like I no, think this is not. really good. Please go watch it and send us your thoughts. <laughs> please do, guys. Because now I need, and now I am kind of like interested, like who. Or if like there's a Muppet movie out there that you guys think is better than this one, let me know. Like maybe you guys do think Muppet Christmas Carol is better or The Great Muppet Caper is better than this. I don't know. Or like do you guys like the Muppets? Like is this something that just Scott and I are doing? Like I don't think that we have any more Muppet stuff on the list. But I'm like, if you know, would you like more Muppets, less Muppets? Let us know. Until we get to the Jason Siegel one. Yeah, because the Jason Siegel one's really good. I'm going to watch, I believe, both that and Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Probably because I'm on a Jason Siegel kick. Shrinking. So good. Well, I've already watched Shrinking twice, so in the last week since discovering it. So holy shit. It's okay. really good. It's really, really, really good. You should get a free trial after do what Matt's doing. Wait until yeah. the season ends on Ted Lasso in a few weeks and then binge both of them and then cancel your but show. I'm, okay. I'm not a I'm not starting this with you right now. You don't want to watch Ted Lasso? <laughs> I, dude, okay, so the way my mom introduced it to me, oh, honest to God, she's she like, this is a comedy and you don't think it's funny. Yeah. You're wrong about Ted Lasso. You don't understand Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso's hilarious. It continues to be great. You're so wrong about it. But if you don't want to watch Ted Lasso, the sucks to suck, but then you should just go get that. Uh, and, and watch Well, yeah. Movie. Yeah, I didn't know. I'll have to look into it, what I can do with my Apple account. And if I can just do like a trial for it, then for sure, I'll you just can. go put it on my TV right now. You can. Well, not if I've done it before. I don't remember whose Apple stuff was on my TV when I was oh, living. Oh, I see. All right. Well, go figure it out. Um, yeah, I'll figure it out. Anyway, I'm going to get us out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as always, thank you guys so much for joining us tonight. We do hope you enjoyed yourselves and definitely learned something. Uh, please be sure to join us next week for no, this isn't correct. I thought it is. No. The next is Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. Yes. Hit us next week for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I'm so yep. excited for us to review that. Uh, yeah, we'll be back to a new Marvel movie because we would not yep. leave you guys hanging on a new Marvel movie. We got to do it. Yeah, we got to do it. Uh, but yeah, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts as well as follow us on all of our social media. You can find the links for those social media and our sites on the episode descriptions. If you would like to support the podcast, we do encourage you guys to follow us on Patreon where you can catch all of our awesome goodies such as uh, Rewind the Timeline, as well as our show notes. Make sure to check out the website for all our timeline goodies as well, including our new feature, Request the Timeline. If there's something you guys want to see, let us know. We will make it happen. Um, But yeah, until next time, guys, stay nerdy.